0: You should be the host here i
1: really love laugh at you
2: We're both monster people, diehard monster people And we want them to do well The Red 78 with Alan Quinlan and Neve Briggs Nobody knows monster rugby better I'd like to think I know a lot Okay, welcome along to episode 5 of The Red 78 The only podcast you'll ever need for everything monster Right here on the Rugby channel I'm Alan Quinlan and joining me as usual Is legend of monster rugby, Neve Briggs How are you Neve? Hi
3: Quiddy, how are you doing?
2: Very good Uh, Looking forward to doing this podcast with two special guests. So for everything Munster Rugby, this is the place to be. We're always looking for your feedback, your thoughts on what's happening in Munster. The best way to get in touch is to tweet us at Rugby Channel 15 or leave a comment wherever you're watching this across the Rugby Channel's social media pages. And of course, please subscribe to the podcast. Just search The Red 78 and you get the podcast straight to your phone every week. Now we've something a little bit different for you this week. We're making, we're parking the analysis and match reviews. We will touch a little bit of rugby on the end but for the moment uh, there's something very special happening in the Aviva Stadium next Saturday in the game between Ireland and New Zealand uh, to talk about that and of course to talk about um, Anthony Foley and his passing. He's my former teammate and friend. Uh, five years ago he passed away tragically and uh, that was couple of weeks ago his his anniversary was marked at that monster Connacht game um, but as I said there's something special happening um, this weekend in the Aviva and there's a launch of a song written and going to be performed by my, my former teammate and Axel's former teammate as well Barry Murphy so Barry thanks for joining us um, it's great to have you on how are thanks, you
0: Vinnie. I'm great I'm great thanks man um, long time listener first time caller uh, thanks for having me on. I love listening to you every week and uh, yeah i'm 'm I'm, uh, I'm honored to come on and talk about as you said a friend and teammate axel who've uh, who we 've written a song for and um, uh, Orla his wonderful sister has um, gone above and beyond and managed to get the RFU to to dedicate um a bit of time to him on on Saturday and put out a video. Um, and the song and put a huge feature in the Match Day program uh, to promote the song, which has been released for uh, three uh, charities that Orla has, um, has a huge connection with and that Anthony has a connection with. So, look, we're trying to raise money for, um, in his memory and for a really good cause. So, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's a massively positive thing. And we're, we're just delighted to be involved in such a big occasion, Ireland versus the All Blacks on Saturday.
2: Yeah, it's lovely. And we'll get into that in a minute. And you mentioned Orla. Orla is joining us as well. Thank you so much, Orla. Anthony's sister. Um, you've you've done a lot of things in the last couple of years to kind of remember Anthony, but also to raise great money for brilliant charities, Orla. So you have to be commended on that. And uh, I must say personally, the strength that you've shown and the uh, I'm not surprised because I know you a long time and I know all the family and Olive and, and the boys as well. You've been through an horrendous time, something that's unimaginable. Um, but these kind of things kind of put a smile on your faces and give you a lift, I, I would imagine.
1: Absolutely. Uh, first, let me say thanks for having me on. It's a great honour. Um, two players I greatly admired. Actually, three. Sorry, Barry, you're included too. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, it's an absolute honour to be here and to be able to speak about something positive out of something so, as I call it, the saddest thing I've ever known is when Anthony died. And I'm sure you all actually know the feeling, unfortunately. And um, it's great that a lot of good light has come from his passing. And this is like the brightest star shooting out of it. It's just been amazing. And um, I had my own journey last year. I cycled over 3000 kilometres of the Wild Atlantic Way in memory of Anthony. I called it Orla's Wild Ways um, <laughs> and um, the three charities that are chosen for the Alone You Stand um, song is actually the same charities for that. And they're wonderful and it's great. I've raised over 10,000 euros for them already. And as of nine o'clock this morning, after one day live, Barry's song was at three and a half thousand euros wow. at 9am this morning. Wow. So, and that,
2: that's what we want to do here, Orla. Obviously we want to... Um... Remember Anthony and and uh, recount some some nice stories. Um, but as you say, it's it's unimaginable what's happened and what did happen. But how much inspiration do you and all of the family, because um, you know I've spoken to all of you at different stages, get from the support that people have given you and and the real nice way that that Anthony was remembered um, for what he achieved in the game. How much of a lift does it give all the family? And, and does obviously that inspired you to go and, and, and launch Orla's Wild Ways and go on that journey. And tell us a little bit about people you encountered and just how it made you feel and the family feel about doing that.
1: Uh, people have been just so inspirational on the whole journey from the very sad week of Anthony's funeral, where you all came in and you all helped us and the wave of support really carried us through that really difficult week. And then to start in my Wild Ways journey, everyone everyone I mentioned to you came on board and helped. Your own very Conor O'Brien has been amazing. He's done the logo for my own Wild Ways, and Barry's artwork is just every time you open, you knock on a door and you mention you're doing something in memory of my big brother people are just doing anything to help you and they're just rolling out, whether it's a farmer in Dingle giving you a place to park the caravan for the weekend <laughs> and for the bank holiday to uh, the IRFU opening the door and actually officially launching this song next week at an amazing occasion. Like I'd say, uh, we are doing high fives and cartwheels, Barry, when we got the news that, it was, that we launched <laughs> next Saturday at the Aviva it's just been amazing and it's so inspiring it just inspires you when you're doing something for a good worthy cause and in memory of Anthony they you know people the real spirit in people come out and they just really go that extra mile to help and it just makes it really 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 worthwhile And, and I definitely think Anthony's inspiring us and giving us a gentle guiding hand because one of the one of the challenges when we were coming up with a, the single was how do you monetize a single? Charity singles don't make money nowadays because Spotify isn't it thirty cents a song, Barry? Oh,
0: and I wish know? it was thirty cents a song, or it's a lot less than
1: that. <laughs> 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 it's
0: point zero 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 three of a song a cent of a song or something like that. So, uh,
1: so, so yeah, <laughs> the universe conspired. Whoever's up there helping us. The week before we launched, uh, I Donate came up with this quick donate platform that we can have the song downloaded off. And it's just been amazing. And we had a year going, this is an amazing song. And we and the, like Barry has done some amazing work on it. He's like, I admired you on the pitch, Barry, but I admire you all the more for this song because it's just absolutely so brave, so beautiful and a beautiful tribute to my brother. It's Very just gorgeous. thank you.
3: No. I, I, I agree I think this song is class it's been on repeat in my house for the last 24 hours um, <laughs> and in my car all evening yesterday even how how do you uh, big thing for me Barry is the first time I listened to it I was like how do you even come up with something like that in relation to how do you find the emotion and the balance so right but objectively be able to put something together that's so unbelievably well written if that makes oh, sense thank you
0: thank you very much um it it was uh it was a hard one to write Briggsie. it was um when orla asked me which is four years ago i think she asked me so it's taken me a while to actually get around and that's how challenging it is to write something um for someone like that because um i know how much he meant to so many people and how much he meant to me and it You saw when Anthony passed away, the outpouring of grief was just something I'd never experienced from uh, personally, to be honest. I've never been so rattled by something and um, to watch the outpouring of grief as well. So I tried to write something for the first while about what Anthony meant to a lot of people, and that was pretty difficult. I didn't know how to do that. And then I just eventually realized that I had to write something for myself. Um, and what he meant to me and um, that in itself is pretty difficult because you have to sit with that emotion and that sadness for a long time And um, but it's so powerful and you have to accept it you have to kind of let it in and there are times when I, I, I could be down for weeks because I, I'd be trying to write that song and it's so sad because of what he left with his two boys and his and his wonderful family And then you don't want to inflict that sadness on people as well. So when you're listening to that last night, I feel there's a guilt that almost feels like I hate, I don't want to make people, you know, that sad. But um, I think speaking to Orla about it over the the last while and how much inspiration she got from it. And then I spoke to Olive last week and Olive's approach to this is just so mind-blowing. And she says whenever they hear anyone mention Anthony's name, whenever the two boys hear his name, they just run to the to the tv or they they want to read it they want to see it no matter what it is they just want to celebrate how incredible he was and um what a way to approach you know the such grief and that's really inspiring for me and um that kind of makes it worthwhile so i think i kind of tried to tap into that as well um and yeah, just write a personal account of what you meant to me and hope that it comes across and that other people can relate to it. So I'm glad to hear that, yeah, that you enjoyed it. It's yep. one of
3: your first songs that I've really enjoyed. I'm
2: only joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only joking. <laughs> I'm only joking. I know you're joking. <laughs> Harry. how conscious are you of what um, you, you say there? Because, you know, sometimes if we feel down or, or upset or, or have some sort of trauma or, or adversity, a song can kick on and the negative effects um, and kind of make it worse. You know, you avoid the song, but to get that balance right. Um, and I think you have got that balance right because it makes people emotional, but emotional in a, in a positive way. I, I would imagine for for you Orlan, for the family that it's kind of honoring Anthony and, and what he stood for he was a man of few words let's 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 be honest at times he just kind of grunted and uh he was just shrugged the shoulders and was was kind of so laid back um it's amazing really but going back to what i said about getting the the emotion right and, and the lyrics right is 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 incredible so i think that's really important and, and you've done that brilliantly
0: thanks well yeah thanks Winnie. i appreciate that and i completely agree with you like um he uh Anthony I've tried to describe him a few times to people where he uh, like the last day I saw him was a Thursday um, before he died and we had breakfast together in Newell in the arena and uh, it was just the two of us and I used to arrive in there after training in the gym and I, I could be on my own most mornings but sometimes I'd be there and I'd be delighted because we get to chat about our Monday night football which we played out in Killaloo every Monday night and he could st- he'd still maintained that he
2: was the best player on the pitch on a Monday night but you, you were retired at this stage you weren't a player sorry no yeah. I was
0: retired I was retired years so, so this he was, was
2: relaxed with you then yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> and uh, we could be chatting away about the soccer and the Monday night and trying to avoid talking about anything too serious at the rugby but he got up out of the chair to put his uh, his tray of food um, over on the countertop and then he just walked out the door without saying goodbye to me <laughs> And I was just like, that is so hilarious. Um, and that's the last time I saw him. But um, it's, uh, and one of the lyrics in the song actually is um, is from a, a moment that I spoke about Anthony before. My first ever Irish camp was the Sunday after the sale match in 2006. Eddie O'Sullivan invited me up and I did the three days of train. It was incredible to be involved. And Eddie picked the, the team on the Wednesday night to to play the following weekend and uh, Axel wasn't picked in the, in the 23 and he was pretty pissed off. And uh, I unfortunately had to ask him for a lift home uh, after. after (laughs)
2: story (laughs) Because
0: Fla had brought me up and Fla was in the team. So I I was sitting down having lunch with Axel and I had to say, um, uh, can I, can I have a lift home? And he didn't answer me for about 20 (laughs) seconds. He was just drinking his soup, but he looked up and he said, if you've got, if you got anything important to say, say it to me now, because I'm not talking to you on the way home. And uh, that lyric is obviously in the chorus of the song. It's important to say, and I'll say it to you now. Uh, alone, you stand. So um, I wanted That's to have some of that humour
2: in but there. there as was
1: well. I, I was hoping if you see it, you believe it was a quote for him. <laughs> <From>
2: him. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was probably this. He was probably the same with G. Orle at home <laughs> because you, I remember you could ask Axel well, how are things he'd say? Grand. And there'd be silence then. I would say like, if you had nothing else to say, and he'd say, no, if I have something else to say, I'll say it. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is grand. He was kind of so laid back, um, about stuff, but, um, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's really funny. You recount some of the stories. One of the ones that, cause people, he, he was so humorous and, uh, funny and loved the crack. Um, and he nearly, he, I, I don't know if you'll agree with this or he kind of played, being a, te- a teammate, he would have played up to the fact that we kind of said, he says nothing. He just kind of grunts sometimes and then he laughs. And, uh, but he was a character. Um, in our earlier days, playing with Shannon, You know, we were going to Balamina or somewhere. We had a long bus trip. Uh, we got on the bus in Thorman Park and we'd, we'd collect Axel in Bird Hill. And uh, the movie, The Usual Suspects, was out a couple of weeks and everyone was talking about it and we got a, a kind of a copy or a cassette tape of it an illegal one anywhere from somebody and we were playing it in the bus so it went on in Thoman Park and by the time we got to Bird Hill it was 20 or 30 minutes and everyone was there was silence in the bus Axel jumps on in Bird Hill and walks down halfway looks back and uh oh, said so that's the usual suspects yeah yeah and everyone was like Shh, sit down quick and he says oh your man Kaiser Sose is the fellow with the limp so he, <laughs> he, he loved the fact that he could he could ruin the movie for the whole lot of us and then he just went to the back of the bus put his two big feet up in the chair in front of him and uh, listened to music himself uh, so There was a very and funny it was a very funny side to him as well when
1: you talk about the man a few words my friend's nickname for him as a teenager was Mono <laughs> <laughs> they ring up, hello, is Orna there? Uh, Can I speak to her? <laughs> Can you tell her I called? <laughs> you know, but it was, it was interesting because all this uh, beautiful stuff that's happening in his name, I got to reminisce. And actually, Anthony was really chatty when he was young, um, very, very chatty. And I always thought when he got into secondary school, that's when he got into the mono and maybe the testosterone but he actually had meningitis twice in just sort of around eight and 11. And I think that's what changed his personality. You know, he de- definitely became more quiet and w- in, within himself. Um, yeah. You know, so, and that one of the whole points of Orla's Wild Ways was I was actually celebrating and I'm very mindful how my life would have been very different had Anthony died then and not the great life that we shared with him for all those extra years and what a blessing it was. And I'm very, very grateful that that actually happened, that we had those extra years because we wouldn't be celebrating a wonderful, even though his life was short, he got a lot into all those years, you know,
2: yeah, Orla, he probably he probably went quiet and decided not to talk because his ears were deafened from deafened from playing with me and Eddie Halvey in the back row for Shannon for years. But uh I remember his great quote was it was like a stereo constantly playing beside him when <laughs> he played. And I'd say to him, uh, Axel, you know, I I've a lot of anxiety and I'm just I, I'm talking too much in the matches, the ref, the opposition, my own players, myself will you keep me calm today? And he said, ah, oh, yeah, you'll be grand. You'll be grand. And mm. that'd be it. He didn't get into it. And then I'd kind of look at him and he just, he kind of developed this knack of just going, just let it go, Quinny, or relax or calm down. And it, it just had this effect on me, but I always admired how calm he was. And when we say he's a man of few words, he was a man who talked when he needed to talk, but he mm. just, he, and, and he he was inspirational when he talks, but he kind of laughed and, and let let all the other yappers do the yapping and he just said very little unless he needed to. And, you know, he was a great captain. He was so uh, vocal when he needed to be in the dressing rooms and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think I felt that um, Axel loved me without ever sh- telling me <laughs> yeah. or showing me, <laughs> in a, do you know what I mean? But I actually felt he absolutely loved me and that's, what a way to be I don't know how you managed to have that presence about you but that's what I think it's like an older brother thing where he he'd be able to give you a kick up the hole but but you knew he always had your back and you knew he was he was such a, a presence and such a leader that um that's why he had such a profound effect on so many people from the players like like what he achieved in Shannon those early years and and throughout the Munster, uh, his Munster and Irish career, and his effect on the fans as well—you know—that whole journey, it's just—it's a—it's—it'll never be done again. You know that what what it was achieved in those years was just absolutely uh, larger than life, really. When you think back to to two thousand and six in Cardiff, and um, you know, really, you could see the outpouring of grief when he passed away from the rugby world, how special that was. So, you know, it's a, uh, what a unique, unique human being. Uh, we we're all so lucky to have as a friend and as a, I know, or as a brother. Um, so, yeah, look, I'm, I, I just love talking about him as well. I love these moments <laughs> that we get to, to have these chats about him and hearing these stories. Um, it just makes it all the more special. I think I love
1: the whole journey because... Yeah. When you when you were talking about, Alan, AIL days, we thought those days would never end. Like, we thought we were going to Europe when Europe started. Yeah. Because, yeah. You know, that's why Harlequins and all the other teams, it was like a bit of a shock when we didn't get, you know, to me. I thought, yay. But then it, it turned out to be much bigger. When It was a genius move out of the IRFU to send the provinces. And it really, really... And that journey was like, I remember meeting you in the nightclubs because you many of us didn't travel to the away games. Like, neat on, in um, Wales it wasn't really exactly Paris, springtime. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we'd meet you and you'd come back after and we'd meet you. And, you, you know, the games were really hard and it was a really tough step up for you. And you really all, as a team, manned up. And it was such an amazing journey to actually be part of the supporters of it like and where you came in at the end barry like in my mind you're always a young fella because you were one of the young fellas you were you were the answer we needed a 13 and you came along and we had a brilliant 13 and then you broke yourself <laughs> <laughs> you know I love that Anthony's nickname for you is Bambi. <laughs> because I get that moment because I remember being so upset because, you know, you were you were just such a fabulous player and Anthony would have really loved that in you and really enjoyed it as much as he enjoyed packing down in the back row with Quinny. You know, he really just had such joy and love for his teammates, his family. He he I remember when Zebo and Murray came along, Anthony was over the under twenties. And, um, you know, he was just so excited. He was Ooh. just so excited. He was talking about them as excited as he would about Tony and Dan. You know, he just lived and breathed for rugby. He loved the rugby family and he was just so ordinary about it. I thought, Well, I thought that was ordinary until I met CJ Sander. I was like... What do you mean? You don't even watch the match? <laughs> what do you mean? You don't even watch other teams playing? Because I grew up with Anthony and Dad watching every match, getting up at all hours and watching reruns and replays. I thought that's what rugby players did. <laughs> I,
3: I think for from the outside looking in, the the fact that you know Anthony was there, Quinny, with you in, in that in that amateur area made that jump into professionalism but seemed to be the heartbeat of that professional era that still held on to those amateur days if that makes any sense so even though he was had bridged into that professional era with Munster he was the cog that kind of kept everybody going in terms of that professionalism with that amateur mindset because at the time I don't know but from listening to you constantly tell me (laughs)
0: I'm,
3: I'm not sure that you know people Munster players, any players really in general, had an idea of what professionalism took and where it needed to go in order to be, you know, the elite. And that there were still people trying to hang on to that amateur. I think the fact that Anthony, he was the epitome of what was good about the amateur game, but also was able to manage the balance of the professionalism. Is that fair to say?
2: That's true. And um, look, I was very lucky to join Shannon um, Orla's dad. Brendan coached me in the under 20s and that was probably the first time maybe a year or two before I'd met Anthony and um we got to know each other. I, I knew he was a star schools player and I'd heard about Anthony Foley and you know, he was you know, he made his debut for Ireland I think at twenty or twenty-one. I was at that game against England and I remember thinking, God, I, I wanna be like him. I wanna be like Anthony Foley, I wanna be able to play for Ireland and I was I was in awe of his size and his strength. Like, he was as big when he was 18, 19 as he was when he was, you know, at the end of his career. He was just a giant. Um, I was a scrawny, skinny kid in from Tipperary who was wild and athletic and could run with the ball. And I just found, I found it always good to stay close around him because he did the right thing. You talk about the professionalism and, and that was something we had to learn. And we went through that amateur side where we played AIL and we went out every Saturday night and we were... We were very successful. So I, I was kind of in a dream scenario of playing on a very successful team with big, strong forwards. Mick Galway um, was there as well. Brian Rigney played. You know, Kieran Maher, Mick Fitzgibbon, all these guys. Pat Murray, Jim Galvin. There were so many experienced guys that, that were phenomenal. And Anthony was like one of them. He was like this experienced head on really young shoulders. Um, and it was the same in the under twenties. When Brendan coached us in the under twenties, we won we won every trophy. And I just track Anthony off the back of his scrum when he'd make line breaks and just pop the ball to me and I'd make I'd I'd finish things because he was so good. Um, and he was really he's people always said about Anthony that, you know, his reading the game was exceptional, which it was, because he wasn't the quickest in the world. But he was always in the right place at the right time and could make find space and you know, he was great fun off the field as well. And he trained hard and we had a few points and we had great fun. John Hayes was kind of someone, Anthony, John, myself and Mick Galway would have been four fellas who, it was just a given that we were always together on the Saturday nights after the matches. And we got very, very close together and um, we played golf. We went away on holidays. We, we had great fun. And But like he was... He was He was an old head and young shoulders. He was ahead of
3: his time, really. Definitely,
2: yeah. And he inspired people around us to try and um, be better and get fitter and stronger. The one thing I admired the most about him was his calmness. I was a bag of nerves most of the time. And he would just take it in each stride. And he Mm. never got overawed by playing against anyone, you know. And he, he helped lots of people. And Barry, you said it, in 2006... I remember feeling this, that of all the people, like, of course, we would have loved Golov to be able to lift a trophy because, you know, Arla, we were all so close and Golov was kind of our spiritual leader. He was the one who minded us all. Um, he obviously we would have loved to have seen Golov lift a trophy. But Anthony lifting it in 06 was, was just, it was a special part of that for, for some of us as well. Um, obviously for everybody, but, you know, he played in that first European game in 95 and to see him at the end of his career uh, being able to lift the trophy was just unbelievable. Mm-hmm.
3: Just, uh, yeah. sorry, go back.
2: Just, yeah, it just gets you gets you thinking
0: about, you know, young lads these days watching what it takes to become, um, you know, not just a professional athlete or a young girls, but to to achieve what Anthony achieved and you look back at how he did it and what order something about like. as a kid growing up, watching as much rugby as he did, being so um enthralled in it. And then like he was a, he was a Claire hurler. He played minor. Was it minor? He played for Claire, uh, played football, played, played soccer. He wasn't the greatest soccer player. I can, He I can really fancied himself as a soccer player. Now <laughs> that. I uh, played soccer
3: Eric, with Eric, him as well. Yeah.
0: Eric Cantona. He thought he was a Cantona roaming striker. and um, uh, Adamant <laughs> to keep doing the back heels and all that. But like, and then to go on and play, you know, played for Muncheons, win a Junior Cup at Munchens, uh, like I, we were the next team in Munchens to win the Junior Cup. Axel came in and presented us with our medals. I remember at 15, I just remember um, he had this unbelievable bird with him uh, who ended up being Olive, his wife, uh, later years. But at the time we were like 15, we we're like, oh my God, Anthony foley <laughs> has got this gorgeous girl. Um, I still slag Olive about that now. Um, but like the amount of rugby he played even up to that point, but then to go on and win four AALs with Shannon, God knows how many wants the senior cups and um and like that's enough for anyone's career. But then to go on and play um, you know, the most was he the most capped number eight for Ireland at some at one point and have been to two Heineken Cup Finals and uh won a few Celtic leagues. I mean he achieved so much. He, he really, I mean, uh, the amount of games he actually played, the amount of hours that he put in, that's why you don't just are born with that calmness or that ability to know where to be at the right time. It's because you put so much effort and you're so passionate about what you do that you get to that level. Um, and <laughs> I, I think that's why Munster were so successful for those years is because... You guys like that and then fellas like yourself, Quinny and Raj and Paulie and everyone that kind of came afterwards. But, you know, he paved the way.
2: Yeah, we, it was enjoyable though, Barry. It was really good because, and, and look, the Munster team nowadays and even the team that Anthony coached, That that's why I was kind of like, oh God, why did Anthony have to be the coach when I criticised? It's like two fellas having a chat and I and I opened up with my frustrations. And, um, you know, Anthony was... It, it was a shame because he would he would he would, he was he he loved the game so much and was passionate about the game and and uh it was that at that period um the team was in major transition but you know he was an integral part of all our success and what we what we achieved and you know probably didn't um even though he didn't enjoy it um he was calm about things and yeah you know, i remember one time he just he had an ability to bring people together and just kind of keep things very simple. And he always wanted to do the simple things well. And, that, and that's, and that's what he did with us. And that's what he did with us as a, as a team. And it was probably just unfortunate that he didn't get a chance to kind of fulfill that dream and win something with Monster. I would yeah, think he
1: did fulfill his dream. Like I grew up with Anthony reading Roy of the Rovers. That was his uh, magazine. You know, he loved it. And he got to be Roy of the Rover. He got to wear the red. He got to win win the Cups. And then he got to be poacher turned gamekeeper. Because as you know, all being players, how critical we can all be of uh, coaches and management, you know, when you're the loved ones or you're the player. And then Anthony actually got to step up and actually experience actually the level that's involved at that level and by the time he got there there was so much more involved like having to go and try and get people to sign contracts and stuff that you know stuff i wouldn't have even thought was part of coaching i think Mm -hmm. Rod did a great piece in it last week in the examiner about stresses at that level and you know it's just that step up in the professional world especially as I think is it nilo donovan says we've created a bear now we've defeated you know, monster yeah. success. You know, there was when you were winning and you were rising up through Europe. There was no expectation, no, only for no. you to go out and do your best. Whereas, when by the time Anthony got there, if you weren't qualifying, you know, into the semis and the quarters, you know, you weren't successful that season. You know, people were a bit more hungrier and had higher expectations. And it's probably a lesson for life. You know, the less expectations we have. Of ourselves, of others, and just do as Anthony would say, do the simple things and do them right, and just do little step. So, like, I, I that. saw, the, mm-hmm. I saw, the, I, saw the, I saw the pressure he was under, but I, I didn't actually fear for him because he was my big brother. He could do anything. I thought, I, I actually believed in my head that you know he, he would turn it around, and he, I could see him coaching Ireland in the, in the future. You know, I really believed in my big brother, and it just shows. I grew up following him and supporting him and it was a pleasure and it shows how little I probably knew about number eight position for all those years of following watching that when he actually retired and I was watching Munster and I was watching Ireland I was like why is the number eight not taking the the kickoff because Anthony was always there (laughs) under every ball so I thought that was his role because very rarely anyone else got it so when it wasn't happening I was like what's going on? (laughs) <laughs> so
3: um, yeah, yeah. I th- I think you I think you I'm actually just going to take that away with me, Orland. In terms of the expectation, Quinny and I speak about it a lot on this podcast about how difficult it is to win things these days, and that just because there's an expectation or an understanding that we should be winning, that it's actually quite a really hard thing to do, and that maybe as Munster supporters and um, and that's what we are now. We're you know we're all supporters now that we've just got to be able to. Probably, as you say, accept the simple things and not to have this huge expectation that we should be winning cups and we should be winning things. Um, So I I think that just like that for me is the whole line of it. I, I think this today has been totally worth it. Just for the people that do listen in, obviously the song is such a huge part. But can you just give us a small snippet on like the charities and and the actual the journey that you've gone in Aurelis Wild Ways which I absolutely love the name of <laughs> Haven't been in Very many fitting. nightclubs having been in many nightclubs with you before but yeah if you could just tell us like what you've done so far and then I think if we can reiterate the charities as well I think it'd be brilliant for, for people listening
1: well, I cycled 3,000 kilometers of the Wild Atlantic Way, which for those that don't know, it's oh. the coastline of the West Coast and it's absolutely spectacular. I wouldn't, you know, it, it, you don't have to get on the car or sorry, you don't have to get on a bike. You can get in a car or a motorbike and, you know, just do it. Um I cycled with the support of a friend and I, we had a caravan. So we moved along the wild Atlantic ways and people were so amazing and so generous and over 10,000 euros have been raised for the three wonderful causes. Um, Cry, who, who screened for sudden adult death, which Anthony died of. And um, they provide support services, for families for bereavement, and they're a wonderful charity. And Carrie who provides free counselling for sexually abused children and their family and their work is incredible. And then Midwest Cancer Foundation, whom Anthony was on the board of, and he was their ambassador and uh, very close to our heart and they do wonderful work. They provide um, free holistic therapies and free counselling for oncology patients in the Midwest. And um, some of my friends have uh, had to avail of their services. So, they're all very very worthy causes and it's a, it's an honor to be able to help create awareness about what they did because um, after Anthony died we didn't know where to go what to do you know we had to investigate and find out you know were we at risk and cry were just amazing you know the screening of all of us to put our minds at ease but our you know going forward it was great and then even though you know, I'm 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 perfectly healthy. They're keeping an eye on us, so every brilliant. few years I still have to go back in, and they still keep an eye on you. And it just feels like you're part of, you know, the way we're a part of the rugby family. It yeah. feels like when you're in the cry, you're part of the family, and they mind you. It's um, they're they're Super. just fabulous. And a friend of mine is the general manager of Carrie. so I um, brilliant. I know their amazing work, and I know what they're doing and what they're aiming for. So. It's fantastic. It's a pity we need a charity like that, but yes. we have to support them and move forward and do what we can. I think that's um, like three unbelievable charities
3: that probably really close to home as well in terms of where we are in the vicinity. I think for from our point of view, Cunny and I's point of view, in relation to this podcast, we're definitely gonna be trumping out the the fact that we want people to download that song. Obviously the song's unbelievable, but there's also another end to it as well. So in memory of Anthony, which is class, Barry. But also on the back of that, we get to support three amazing charities that probably could do with the help post-COVID.
0: Yeah. Um, I think, sorry, Orla, Go first.
1: Barry, you might forgive me for this, but I've been dreaming again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> of your dreams. Go first. I love next? your
1: song so much. I'd love it to be an anthem for Munster. I'd love it at a Munster home game with the monster Choir singing the refrain. A bit like, remember, uh, There Is An Isle?
3: Yeah. Brilliant. Harry gets
1: to be Frankie, and uh, the monster Choir and all the people <laughs> get to sing the refrain. I just, it came to me last night. I'd love it. I just think, and it, it's, yeah, for me, Thumbnail Park is my church, you know, Lansdowne Road's my cathedral, and I could, to have something like this, there and to you know, on Saturday for it to be launched in my cathedral. And I'll really feel Anthony's spirit around us there because I always do when I go to Thomond Park or Lansdowne Road, oh, the Viva. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's just magic, and you've created something magic, and it's great to be part of something magic. And thanks, Neve and Quinny, for having us on to talk about it and help. Cr- get the word about, about this beautiful
2: song and I get think, people downloading uh, I think it. that's important And we um, obviously we want to remember Anthony in a positive way um, there's so many stories you could tell um, but this is really important you know there's so many lovely moments over the years you think Chicago the figure of eight the Maoris given the jersey Connacht's given a jersey a few weeks ago different tributes the Sky Sports tribute was sensational I watched that again recently um, I, my interview with Anthony when he was coach for Sky, when I'm walking down the canal bank in, in Limerick at the back of UL, and I say, I can't believe I'm here interviewing you as head coach of Munster. And he's there. His response was I can't believe you're here interviewing me at all. <laughs> 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 just kind of put me back in my box, really. um It was just, it's just a, so many funny stories, but we miss him. and you know, I carried a little bit of tinge and guilt with me always, but I still have the text message that I look at. Um, and he was just, you know, like I say, Anthony was just a good fella who loved his rugby and just got on with things and was calm. And, you know, if something went wrong or there was drama, he just, he just kind of shrugged the shoulders and said, well, how can we fix it? And how do we move forward? Himself and John Hayes, I finished with this story. And then I'll, I'll, I'll leave the last word to you, Barry. Um, John Hayes and himself called into my family home in Limerick Junction one day and we were going to Kilkenny to stay overnight with Golov on a Saturday night. I think it was during the summer. And my brother, myself and my dad, there was a row going on anyway and um, there was skin and hair flying in the kitchen and the car pulled into the yard and there was tables and chairs being turned upside down. My father was trying to referee, it was between myself and my brother and the kitchen was absolutely destroyed with tables and chairs turned upside (laughs) down. we were fighting full on. And the boys are in the yard and they're just outside the car and they're listening to all this. And my mother came out and said, Oh, we're so sorry, lads. There's a row going on. And uh, two boys just kind of started shrugged the shoulders and started laughing. And I remember my brother went away. The place was cleaned up and the boys came in and just had tea. And it was like, we were mortified and embarrassed and, Axel was just like, for what? Like, this, this in happens. his eyes, nothing happened. Like, and it was just—I just remember it was so funny his reaction that uh, I think of it sometimes that like shit happens sometimes, and he just always had an ability to go well, sure, whatever, just move on, and that's it. And so I think it's really special. And Barry, look, I'm sure Olive and all the family and Orla and Rosie and Brendan and Sheila and the grandkids and and. They're all really proud of what you're doing, so I think it's 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 really special. And for me, as a former teammate and all our teammates, um, this is lovely. It's a lovely thing to do. So, well done. You've done brilliant with the band. I'm not sure Axel would even give you a compliment with <laughs> with, with, with Hermitage Screen the way the way you've gone and the way you've had success over the years. He'd probably tell you you're shit. Like anyway, yeah. and deep down, he'd be listening to you all the time. But yeah. Um, I think it's really special and well done for doing what you, you've done. It's it's a lovely. thing. Uh,
0: thanks very much. Thanks, Quinny. Look, it's um honestly, it's the least I could have done for someone who inspired me from from uh, a young age. That I I feel I wouldn't have, you know, I went on such a journey myself that I owe so much for that to to Axel. Um, that this is the least I could do, and um, yeah, I'm very grateful for you guys to to giving this kind of support, and yeah, hopefully everyone. Everyone that's tuning in, anyone that's at the in Zone Road on Saturday, um, keep an eye out for it. There'll be a little link in the match program with a QR code that you can download the song and and donate. So, um, yeah, thanks to Orla, you're a legend.
2: And, uh, yeah, and just to tell so, people, um, it's you can go to idonate.ie forward slash swift forward slash alone you stand and you can donate and download the song there. So Orla and Barry, we'd love to keep chatting. Um, there's loads of stuff, loads <laughs> of stories we keep keep telling. Uh, great days and great memories, and obviously um, we we'll never forget Anthony. What what happened was was um, you know was incredibly uh, painful for everybody, particularly the family. And uh, Dan and Tony are doing really well, and usheen. Your 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 nephews, uh, Orla are doing brilliant as well. So that's Anthony loved that that the boys are doing well too, and um, my niece and and your niece of course <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you can yeah they're you
1: can, amazing.
2: You can, you can give them all a plug there if you want. But look, <laughs> yeah. thanks, um, Orla and Barry. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, it was really special. Thanks, thanks guys. Yeah. Okay, Neve, that was brilliant to chat to 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 Orla and and to Barry there about the song on Saturday at halftime in the All Blacks game. It's a tricky game. Um, the performance is really good against Japan. Lots of people asking me that I would I win Leinster against Japan last week. And <laughs> I don't take any offense to that because I always think the best team um, is the team that's picked, unless there's really, really obvious 50 50 decisions here. But it was two Munster guys um, Andrew Conway and Ty Byrne started in the team. People saying they came from the Leinster Academy, which they did. Um, It's a bit disappointing in a sense, but we, uh, as I said, I don't take any offence to it. But we had uh, Peter O'Mahony coming off the bench, Conor Murray coming off the bench, Keith Earls. Will we see any of them starting at the weekend or will there be any changes?
3: Yeah, look, I think obviously in the back of that performance it's really difficult. I think there was definitely a couple of question marks over, you know, probably James Lowe and Gibson Park maybe before the Japanese game, but they, they both performed exceptionally well, albeit, you know, we still got a... C James Owen defence. Um, so it's, it, it's whether, you know, that Andy Farrell decides to stick with what he, you know, on the back of last again, which was an unbelievable performance, Karina. like I loved, loved, loved everything about that performance. So do you stick with that? Or do you go with, say, an O'Mahani type player who's going to come in and beat the dog around the park that can disrupt the, the Kiwis' breakdown and their line um, and you still come in with somebody like Conor Murray, obviously, in terms of his ability to control the game and his defensive efforts? And then, say, Keith Earls, you know, we all know what he can do defensively and his ability to read the game. But I think it's going to be very difficult for any, any of those players to dropped after last weekend. I thought it was an exceptional performance.
2: Yeah, we forgot Joey Carberry he came on as well. Yeah. So four monster players off the bench. But look, it is going to be a difficult game. It's one that... Um, I think they can take a lot of confidence and momentum out of the Japanese game, but who knows? We could be, you know, uh, it's a little bit unknown. The All Blacks have played a lot of games and they, they've probably more games under their belt, but certainly a lot of confidence can be taken for that. Just finally, Paul O'Connell's influence. Well, he's a monster man and um, I think you can see parts of, of his influence in the game. And to be fair, Mike cat, the attack was was exceptional, but um, the breakdown on Paul O'Connell's influence yeah. um, he won't be happy the last four lineouts in the second half that's something they can't do this week
3: Yeah 100% and I think that really astute appointment from Andy Farrell they have news for it to be fair because I think under Joe Schmidt everything was about detail and everything you know they lived off the fact that they you know that the ball was going to be so clean and quick I think they kind of went a little bit away from that before Paulie came in and um, oh, he's exceptional in terms of his detail. I'd actually just love to go in and shadow him for a day or two to see how he operates. Because, look, we all know what a brilliant rugby player he was in terms of his ability on the field and his leadership, but sometimes it can be really hard to translate that across communication to players. He obviously seems to be really comfortable with that because there's and so the players
2: and the players are saying it themselves. This yeah, is they, most, even though, yeah, we might get accused of being biased sometimes here on this podcast, but. Uh, The players are saying that themselves, which is great. And I think, look, having been in a dressing room for so long, it's different being a coach, Paul's presence alone. um, And look, hopefully he's added in and... Um, they're working well together, and uh, we brilliant. can see some competitive performances. And uh, we need them to be competitive this week. If we don't win, we need to be there thereabouts. That'd be brilliant. Um, we've got to leave it there. That's it all from us uh, on the Red Seventy Eight this week. Don't forget, to get in touch with your thoughts on all things Monster throughout the week, and we'll be sure to get them on next week's podcast. You can tweet us at the Rugby Channel Fifteen, or search for the Rugby Channel on YouTube and leave a comment. Make sure you subscribe to the Red 78 wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll chat to you next week. Thanks again, Neve. That was really interesting today. And I uh, look forward to chatting to you next week.
3: Thanks, Quinny.
0: The Monster Rugby Podcast Red 78 with Alan Quinnan and Neve Briggs. Nobody knows Monster Rugby better.